Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. And happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that Edward Chavuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for July 1. July 1st in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Wow, we've got a lot of cool stuff to talk about on your video today. But first, a quick recap of yesterday's broadcast. Um, yesterday, we talked about the NSA denies allegation of spying on Tucker Carlson, Fox News host doubles down. Yeah, Tucker says they are spying on me. They're lying when they deny it. They say, no, he's crazy. Uh, what do you believe the truth to be? I say nothing's been, nothing is official until it's been denied. That's kind of how I roll on the topic. I trust Tucker way more than I trust the NSA and the FBI and the CIA and all these other unconstitutional government agencies. I can promise you that. Tearful mom tells Senator how COVID vaccine put daughter in wheelchair. That's a shame story, to say the least. How come the American people don't get these horror stories like Congress gets, huh? Because the mainstream press won't tell you the tale like we will right here on Liberty Roundtable Live. That's why. We also talked about state lawmakers ban requiring COVID-19 vaccines in schools. That's great news piece. It's not they're denying people to have the choice, folks. That's a fundamental reality you got to pay attention to. They're banning requiring the vaccines, and I agree completely with that focus. Trump discovers an FDA, that's the Food and Drug Administration's plot to ban major cures. Shame. Shame on the FDA for that. What Donald Trump should have done when he discovered their shenanigans, literally banning major cures. The whole purpose of the Food and Drug Administration is to make sure that food is safe and legitimate for us and that medications are safe and legitimate for the people and all that kind of stuff. But if they're literally suppressing suppressing major cures, then it's flat out run off the rails. It's become a, a, a hostile, hate-filled organization, and it's unconstitutional anyway and should completely be shut down, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know why on earth Trump discovered this, but let it go. Um, anyway, there you have that. The information is coming out way after Trump was president, which is another sad tale. Why does the news cycle sometimes take so darn long, huh? Just wondering. Anyway, that was our one of Liberty Roundtable Live yesterday. Still available at libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net. And if you have the Love and Liberty apps, it's available on the iPhone and the Android apps for free uh, as well. Live and on demand at your fingertips. I was sitting with a guy the other day, and he's like, hey, when can I hear your show? And I said, anytime you want. He said, no, really. I said, no, well, we're live, you know, 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern. But anytime you want, you can listen. And I literally had him do a couple of clicks on his phone, and he was listening to the show. And he's like, whoa, I get it. Yes, indeed. That's how we are. 24-7 available just for you. 
second hour yesterday, doctors given power to vaccinate young children without the knowledge of their parents. Barbara Lowe Fisher, National Vaccine Information Center, NVIC.org, with that article. Yeah, I mean, it's just shameful. Then a girl nails the school board saying, I don't want to hear about sexuality during my school. I don't want to hear about that during classes. WND.com with the details on that piece. Texas and Arizona governors are asking all other states to please send emergency police to help them on the crisis border fiasco. South Dakota and Iowa respond to the request of Texas and Arizona. So South Dakota and Iowa to send law enforcement officers to southern border. Also Florida, Ron DeSantis, to send 50 state officers to help with the crisis on the southern border. Uh, Southern border, it's a border overflowing with crime, writes Tony Perkins. The Biden border crisis is absolutely out of control. And sadly, Joe and Kamala aren't even interested in fixing it or doing anything about it. They just simply ignore the cause. Kamala Harris's recent, quote, so-called trip to the border failed to contain the crisis at the southern border. Why? Because she went to El Paso 700 miles, literally, from the hot zone, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, she's hundreds of miles away from the epicenter of the crisis. And then she says, I don't really see a problem here. All these people are coming because they want a better economic life. Now, I get that there's a lot coming for that reason. And you know what? I, I, I don't have hostilities towards them. If I had to do something to get a better life, I'd do it too, right? I get that. I also get we can't let criminals into our nation. We cannot let our border leak like a sieve and have it become a national security crisis, which it has already become. All right. For example, President Trump is visiting the southern border um, going on here. Anyway, thought we'd tell you about that. We wrapped up by talking about Milo Nipponop or Yipponop, however you say his name. Anyway, this Milo guy invites gays to get help at his clinic, offering hope in a video message he put on his website. And uh, he said, born this way is a lie. It's propaganda. It is not true. With God's help and the help of loved ones around you, you can get better and you can change, he says. Amen to that reality check. I think he's right as rain uh, when he says that. Now, I know the gay and lesbians reject that view, and they say that we don't know and that we don't have scientific proof on our side, but they don't have scientific proof that they were born that way either, and it's really a debate within one's heart, mind, soul, and belief system. Uh, you know, and I understand that people have certain tendencies towards certain things, and certain people have genes for things that we don't quite understand and know, and I agree that it's a complicated subject. I get all the scientific backing and the whatever for this, but I also believe that people have choices about their behavior. And this is kind of what separates us from the animals, folks, is that we do have a moral code that given to us by God Almighty. We're told in the Bible that we're his offspring, his sons and daughters, spiritually speaking. So we have a godly heritage. Let's not forget that reality. And with that godly heritage, he's given us guidelines and commandments how to behave. Sexual involvement is part of that. And as a result, then we have choices to make either uh, to be involved in the sexual relationships that God has ordained or to not be in the ones that he has said are sinful or wrong. 
We don't make the rules. We just keep them to the best of our ability, right? And so this isn't a choice for us in terms of deciding what God said. It's a choice that we have to decide to obey God's guidance on the matter or not. Uh, but we also don't have um, a choice to decide what God's commandments are. We also don't have a choice of the consequences that relate. We have a choice whether we obey them or not. He's given us that freedom. But at the same time, uh, we have consequences that we do not control and we do not change. So I thought I'd you know highlight that. And I think Milo is right on this one. He was wrong for quite some time as he was a big newsmaker. I have not been a fan of his in the past because of his uh, promotion of the gay and lesbian agenda. See, the problem I have with the gay and lesbian people is it's not that they just happen to make that choice. But what they do is they wear that choice on their sleeve. That is who they are. Who am I? Well, I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm a... But a gay and lesbian, their sexuality defines, for the most part, their lead issue. I'm so-and-so, and I'm gay, and I'm a lesbian. I don't walk around going, my name is Sam Bushman, and I'm a heterosexual, and I'm a believer in one-man, one-woman marriages, and I've had the same wife for 29-plus years, and, and I, you know, I'm Sam, and I'm a heterosexual. See, we don't identify ourselves that way. It is true that it is that way, but it's not our highlight, our focus. It isn't what we just lead with and promote with. That's the problem that I have. And then if I don't accept their gayness or their transgender redefinition of pronouns or all these different things, then somehow I'm the enemy. I'm the bad guy. I'm the hostile, unforgiving, unacceptable um, party in the discussion here, right? And that that's the problem that I have with it all, right? What if, uh, I mean, there's way more um, heterosexual people than any other in the world. And what if I just kind of rolled out and, all of us heterosexuals just started out and said, I'm a heterosexual and my name is Sam Bushman and I believe in one man, one woman marriages. And if you don't believe in that, you're a hater, a bigot, uh, an evil person with an agenda against me. In fact, my name is Sam Bushman. I'm a heterosexual and I'm filing a lawsuit because I know you're going to be against me on this. I, you know, we go down this road like that, right? And then everybody else who wants to be nice and kind is, oh no, I don't hate and bash the gays and I don't listen to that. And, I understand I'm not here to hate or bash the gays either, but I'm also not here to cave to their agenda. You heard me. I am not here to cave to their agenda uh, because I don't have to capitulate. I can be kind and respectful and still hold on to my views. And if I can't, then something's really wrong because now they've denied me my agency, my choice, my belief system, and I have to lay those uh, viewpoints that I have on their altar or I'm the bad guy. Wow, very, very strange indeed. Two stories that you need to know about, and then we'll get our guest on. Manhattan District Attorney will not charge Trump. Now, that's an interesting headline. Manhattan District Attorney will not charge Donald Trump. Next headline says, Manhattan DA to press criminal charges against Trump organization on Thursday. So today. So they're not going to charge Trump individually, I guess, but they're going to go after the Trump organization. Is that what we're seeing? Very strange indeed. That's story one. Story two, they just let Bill Cosby out of prison. Yeah. Wow. Very strange. We'll get Brian Rust in, in seconds. We'll talk about money and everything else. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live Radio Talk Show. Scott Bradley here. 
Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Brian Rust, RustQuentingGift.com. With me, Brian, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Thank you, Sam. Glad to be with you. Hey, man, we got a couple of quick stories before we get to the Honest Money update. Manhattan District Attorney will not charge Donald Trump, but the DA will press criminal charges against the Trump Organization. Interesting twist in that case, huh? Yeah, so they feel like if they go after his uh, bread and butter, that they can then shut him down. Is that the, is that the plan, kind of? Yeah, I don't know if they're going to have a hard time getting him because uh, you know individually, hey, Trump hasn't done much. He was a former president uh, for the last several years. He hasn't done anything really with his organizations, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the tax returns are dubious at best. They got a lot of hay out of it when he was president, so they could attack the president. But in reality, there's not a whole lot there. Everybody and their dog minimizes their taxes, so there's not a whole lot of pay dirt there. And I think the reason they're doing the Trump organization instead of just Trump is because then they can just broaden everything. Now it's everything you do or your sons do or your partners or your whatever and or your funders or your, you know, the, the, the swath of attack becomes much larger of a target to hit that way. Now, that's just my opinion, Brian, but I, I, I kind of see that's what they're doing here. They made a lot of hate and narrow on, on Trump, Trump, Trumpity, Trump, Trump. Well, they thought that would take him down or cause him problems. Now they're trying to broaden it before they try to narrow it. I think that alone ought to be, make the case be thrown out. Make up your mind. Show specific charges. There should be speedy trials in America. You better, you know what? Uh, pardon the expression. You better take care of business or get off the pot. That's what I kind of think needs to happen here. We've been playing games with this for literally years, and they haven't filed a bunch of charges. What on earth is going on? I believe it's an absolute extreme witch hunt, Brian. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. Uh, yeah, look at everything. You know, uh, put him under the microscope on everything he does and and, and maybe go through that that route. But I agree. It's just it's wishy-washy. They just keep uh, they just keep tying him up in all different directions, and I think that's part of it. You know, if they can kind of get you to, you know, be twisted here, twisted there, twisted there, you know, and just bounce around, it just ties you up to where you can't almost even function. And, and, and then maybe you – slow your agenda perhaps but uh yeah it's 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 crazy now i also find that interesting bill cosby just got released from prison i guess a pennsylvania supreme court overturned the conviction of cosby who was supposedly guilty of drugging females and sexually uh, abusing them um the problem is cosby wasn't even charged until a prosecutor in 2015 got a hold of Cosby's newly unsealed damaging testimony in the civil case the inquiry reported. So this is a very interesting twist. He already had to serve several years in prison. He's 80-plus years old. Uh, But from the court's decision, it's very, very interesting how they kind of went back and forth. Back in 2005, Bruce Castor over the Andrea Constand, I guess, issue um, didn't fly. He didn't want to file charges. Then people twisted it and filed charges. This is a very strange, debatable case, Brian. But now Bill's free at eighty plus years old. Well, yeah, I hadn't heard that. That's uh, that's very interesting. It wasn't there. What wasn't there? People that came forward and testified against uh, against him. I mean, isn't that wasn't that part of the cases? There were some women, the women came forward and others, you know, and so on. I, I thought, but huh, that is interesting. Yeah, they basically felt like this Constand lady or whatever couldn't be wasn't credible because she didn't file any of her charges timely, and uh, they say that oh, you know okay. they decided not to file charges because there wasn't enough credible evidence. They say unless Cosby blatantly admitted to it, there wasn't enough evidence to prosecute. But then that forced him to testify in a subsequent action under penalty of perjury without the benefit of his Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination. Um. Anyway, there you go. Hmm. <laughs> so, and I find this kind of interesting. Yeah. This idea that you could be forced yeah. to jettison your Fifth Amendment—I I don't get that really. So they basically they they didn't look at that at the time. I mean, you'd think they'd been able to kind of look at all of that then before, you know. Now I, maybe I don't know. Maybe there's so much paperwork out there that now we're now we're getting to that. But yeah, that makes no sense to me, kind of. I thought there was more than one lady, though. wasn't Wasn't there more than one person? There was more women, but a lot of it got kind of compiled down to this because, again, it's a pardon the phrase, it's a he said, she said situation with a lot of these women and girls and things like that. And without Cosby admitting to certain things, it's a very tough road to how to prosecute. None of these people came to the table uh, early enough. They didn't, re- you know, report this kind of stuff early enough. Um, hmm. You know, here's the bottom line: is they say that now they're also barring any further action against Bill over this. The state Supreme hmm. Court sided with Cosby ruling that his agreement with this Bruce Castor guy in the beginning who decided not to prosecute should have kept him from being charged in the case because, in my opinion, what you do is you border on double jeopardy in this situation. You also border on violating somebody's Fifth Amendment rights. This thing just stinks to high heaven. Now, I'm not here really right. to defend Bill. Because I personally believe oftentimes where there's smoke, there's fire, right? 
So right. I'm not telling you that Bill's you know, Snow White in this thing. What I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, if you look at it from a founding father-esque point of view, the founders made this very clear, abundantly clear, that you know what, when you don't know, you got to err on the side of liberty, the side of no prosecution, no harm, no foul. Not that I'm dismissing right. these girls and the, and the problems with their cases. I'm just saying you cannot on a whim, on a hunch, on a vendetta, on a prosecute. You've got to afford people due process of law and a speedy trial. You've got to afford people their First Amendment rights. You've got to prevent this double jeopardy stuff from happening. And I believe all these things were violated in Bill's case. So not even debating the, quote, sexual matters of the discussion. I defend Bill on, on these other grounds that, you know what, you can't force him to testify in sworn testimony against his Fifth Amendment rights. You can't then drop the case and say there's nothing here, we're done, and then have somebody else go, ah, oh, we don't agree with you, we're going up for this anyway, and double jeopardy the situation. You can't say, even though we don't have positive proof because he hasn't admitted it, well, that we feel sorry for the girl in the Me Too movement's around, so politically we're going we're gonna, to uh, use him as an example. You can't do those things. They violate clear due process, Brian, is the real, in my opinion, issue here. And that's why I'm spending time on it. I don't really want to discuss sexual matters and all that. I'm discussing it because of the constitutional implications, the violations of somebody's rights, the understanding of the founding father's view, which was I'd rather let a thousand criminals go than I would to lock up somebody wrongfully. And so it's that mentality that I come from on this discussion. And I'm not really interested in the salaciousness. I am having a problem how this has turned so political where the judgment in the court of opinion um, kind of takes the day because of the Me Too movement's rolling, because of this, because of that. Well, get him. We'll make an example. And it doesn't matter really if we violate his rights. It doesn't matter even if we're really accurate on this. It sure lets people know we're not going to take it anymore. See, I don't believe that we should have a fall guy for those kind of political belligerents. It's out of control, and it needs to stop. And the rule of law, the rule of due process, not violating people's rights, not forcing people to testify they have the right to plead the fifth, not double jeopardy, all these things, speedy trial. How long have we been talking about the Bill Cosby case? My heck, 10-plus years? It's insanity. Anyway, that's where yeah. I'm coming from, Brian. Any thoughts? Well, yeah, I, I think you're, you've hit it right on. I mean, it's it's like a double standard. I mean, it's you know, that's that's the problem is they – you know, these elitists, the, the the left here, you know, they kind of push this agenda regardless if they're right or wrong. They just do it. And it and 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 they do it because they they can, they say, or, or it's OK. But yet the problem is, is there's no accountability when they do this. See, and, and so, yeah, not just on this on this item right here, but just on so many other items that are just wrong. And, and yet they push that agenda. There's no accountability. So they say, well, who cares? Who cares? You know, you know, sorry, we made a mistake. Sorry, let's move on. I mean, it's just it's it's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. And it destroys lives. It destroys trust. It just, I mean, there's just so much evil there that you've hit it. I think you're you're right. Spot on. That uh, anyway, enough of that. I had a discussion. It's, it's such a landmark case, and it, it just came out that he got freed by and overturned by the Supreme Court. It's just an interesting twist and turn. I hate to see guys like him, buddies for a couple of years, and then they're not guilty of anything. And then people like Bill Cosby go to jail, and later, because of the politicized nature of this thing, and they let him go, but yet he had to serve a couple of years in jail. And man, is that the pattern? You serve in jail, you violate all your constitutional rights on the planet, and then they're like, oh, whoops, sorry. Uh, how do you get back? Yeah. 
uh, people <laughs> in their lives, That's people right. that are in this kind of man. You know, we'll give you a million dollars. Well, a million dollars doesn't even buy what it used to anymore. Um, I don't know if we could work out a deal to give him gold and silver, Brian. What do you think of that? <laughs> there you some rhodium, huh? Maybe we we can. Uh... Yeah, that'd be great. Golden. <laughs> yeah, just have Kirk kind of give him a couple ounces of rhodium. They'll be all good. There you go. <laughs> hey, man, we're going to come back. Brian Russell is going to update you, ladies and gentlemen, on gold and silver digital currency. We call this the Honest Money Report right here live on Liberty Roundtable with Brian Rust. Rust, coinandgift.com. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. A grand jury in Manhattan, New York, indicted the Trump Organization's chief financial officer, Alan Weisselberg, Wednesday. The exact charges were not immediately clear, but reports are citing people familiar with the matter say they are related to unpaid taxes. Trump has denied any wrongdoing condemning the DA investigation. President Trump and Texas Governor Greg Abbott made a visit to the U.S.-Mexico border on Wednesday. The two held a roundtable discussion and later visited a portion of the unfinished border wall. Their lives and their property and their families are being overrun with the people who are coming across the border. I cannot tell you the number of people who have told me that they've had guns brandished in their face. Their, their children live in fear about just playing in their own yard. Neighborhoods are overrun, property is being broken into, ranches are being destroyed. During the roundtable, the president said the country is sick right now. We are USA Radio News. Deb's constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating kept giving her grief. She talked to her doctor to get some relief. Turns out Deb had irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC, which was a start. Saying yes to Linzess helped her do her part. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than six and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Over a dozen people were hurt when a Los Angeles Police Department bomb squad truck was blown to smithereens during a planned detonation of illegal fireworks Wednesday night. The sudden and gigantic blast came after authorities confiscated over 5,000 pounds of illegal fireworks from a South Los Angeles home. One person was arrested. The feds will investigate the Surfside condo collapse in Florida. Dan Naraki reports. A federal safety agency has announced that it will conduct a full investigation into the collapse of the condominium tower in Surfside, Florida. A team from the National Institute for Standards and Technology will conduct an investigation into the structural collapse. The Institute's goal will be to determine the technical cause of the collapse, though officials warned the investigation could take years to complete. Bill Cosby was released from state prison in Pennsylvania on Wednesday after the Pennsylvania Supreme Court threw out a sexual assault conviction. Not because of his innocence... Prosecutors broke a verbal deal not to charge him if he testified in a civil case where he incriminated himself. USA Radio News. 
promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Brian Rust on your radio. So let's get to the constitutional currency discussion first, and then we'll drill into another interesting, interesting story that I want to get in front of you, Brian. Where are we at uh, with gold and silver? Uh, gold this morning was on paper was seventeen seventy eight thirty. Uh, what was it? Seventeen. Seven eight point three. All right, seventeen seventy eight thirty, and where's silver? Uh, silver, silver's twenty six thirty five. Uh, those are both down a bit, aren't they? Yeah, not not much change from where it was last week. I mean, it's about you know about the same. I mean, it's a little bit. Little spikes and ups and downs. Not a whole lot of change over the last little bit, really. I mean, we've just—it's been kind of. I mean, if you go back to the seventeenth, it was twenty-six thirty-eight. So there's about the same thing. Seventeen eighty-five last week, the week before. So yeah, it's hovering around that that area uh, on our paper. But yet, yeah, physical seems to be uh, holding strong. Rhodium's rhodium is twenty thousand two hundred. So that took a a little uh, eighteen hundred dollar jump. So, yeah, some bounds. Man, I'm here feeling sorry for my buddy Kurt. <laughs> well, it, it went up a little. <laughs> yeah, but man, it was up almost twenty eight thousand some odd dollars, and he lost a big old chunk of change. You know, <laughs> yeah, kind of right. like them Bitcoin folks. You know. Yeah, that's exactly right. They're in manipulation, no doubt about it. All right. Where is it sitting for real delivery of things, Brian, in terms of related to these spot prices that we're talking about? I think that's really um, – there's two parts to this honest money report, in my opinion. Where gold and silver really are in terms of your fake dollar. Uh, so right now, you know, it takes 26 bucks plus to buy $1 in the silver realm. That's on paper. But it really even takes way more right. than that. And that's why there's two parts of the honest money report, Brian. So yeah, so your your uh, your silver eagles are still around that thirty eight dollar range, thirty eight thirty nine dollar range. Your your uh, silver rounds are selling for about the thirty two dollar range, and so um, yeah, it's 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 still holding somewhat strong. We feel like it should even be higher. I mean, if you if you if you gauge this to our currency, I mean, if our deficit and they keep spending the money we're let's say we're a hundred trillion in debt with you look at all the programs that are going on okay well where where's that dollar well that twenty dollar gold piece uh, i just bought a suit you know that was four hundred dollars well that twenty dollar gold piece is going to get me you know it's going to get me three or four suits right so uh but the twenty dollar bill isn't going to buy me even a tank of gas so you kind of get an idea of what you know where we are <clears throat> Yeah, it's also important to know that this $26, whatever it is for silver right now, 26 27 bucks, it's fluctuating literally every second, by the way, folks. Uh, but anyway, the, the reason I say this is that's the number if we all trade in paper. But if we all of a sudden, every one of us said, I want delivery and I want it now, then it would be a meltdown on the, on the market, number one. Number two, the price would go through the roof. 
uh, it would before you know it be two hundred bucks, and most people would be delayed in delivery, wouldn't they, Brian? Yeah, it's exactly right. No, no doubt about it. I mean, supply and demand. Obviously, if we if we look at okay, supply and demand is going to drive it. Well, if everybody was <clears throat> jumping on the bandwagon there or so on, but I mean, if we had if we had this value and and our and we lived with honest money and we lived with we balanced our budgets and lived within our means, you know, we I think we we would be fine. But uh, you know, I, I think as, as we uh, allow government to spend uh, and just continue to spend. You know, well, where are we? I mean, what it, what was it that uh, um, Lenin said? I mean, one way, the best way to destroy the capitalistic uh, system is to debunk the currency. Well, okay, well, that's kind of what they're doing. They're debunking the currency by, you know, over printing and and so on, and and in doing so, it's 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 causing havoc in our society. But if if we, if you want to look at it, is inflation here? Well, just go rent a car right now, or or build a house right now, or you know, uh, fuel, gasoline. I mean, there's just all these things you can look at and say, well, yeah, it, there's inflation. Holy smoke. So. There you have that, ladies and gentlemen. Very interesting stuff, to say the least. And I appreciate Brian pointing that out. I don't know where gold and silver would really be if everybody demanded delivery. Do we have any way to gauge that, or is there any projections that that would, that would be an interesting number? Well, right? I- well, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, here, here's the – I kind of look at it, and I'm fairly conservative about this, but if, if uh, we've been at $50 an ounce in silver, and that was well before our our, uh, our deficit is where it is today, and yet it, it's funny to me that the deficit's so much higher now, and yet our our, our metal price is, is, is half of what it was when – you know, I mean, we used to see it on TV. The news would have a ticker tape going across the front of the desk. Here's what every American owes in debt. Here's what the metals are, you know, the, the price of silver and so on. I mean, it was $50 then, 10, 10 years ago, 15, what, you know. And so, well, that's funny. It's We've overspent in trillions, now hundreds of trillions, let's say, and, and yet we're half that price. So it, it's just that manipulation is so obvious. And uh, yeah, we I I think we'd see a hundred dollars today uh, on silver, and uh, you know gold would be three thousand, let's say, or three. You know, if it's thirty-two to one, you could figure maybe that that scenario of, of what the ratio would be. But it, yeah, so it's it's very interesting to just see how this manipulation. And I see it. I mean, I mean it every day. But a lot of people just go day to day. Well, those people in Venezuela, the third richest country in the world, look at them. I mean, they're. They're waiting in lines of banks. Well, is that what what's going to happen to us if they? Yeah. Well, if they devalue, maybe people are going to rush those banks trying to get their money out, right? So, anyway, it'll be interesting. <clears throat> I sure pray the answer is no. That's all I can say, right? Yeah. That's right. I mean, I I hope we don't end up <laughs> like some of those other countries, but you know. And I, I created a commercial about this where Rand Paul's speaking out. Um, the warning is there, though, and the reality is that that will happen to us at some point if we keep it up. I don't think it's a matter of if, Brian. I do think it is a matter of when. Right. That's exactly right. I mean, it's why would it happen to them? I mean, if our governments, all governments across the world, decide that they're just going to, you know, play this game, well, that's, we've seen the evidence. I mean, we're, we're the only country that hasn't devalued our currency. Well, we're, we're definitely headed for that. Uh, so, you know, so the writing's on the wall. 
but you know here again i think and i think it's it's a, with a, a lot of things peace of mind is the fact that i don't have to go stand in line at a bank or a food line or costco and get my essentials because preparation is peace that peace of mind right so if we're preparing ourselves and putting a little away here or that then we have you know we can we can ride the storm per se and i think that's I think that's really the push that we have is that, is that uh, whatever it may be, if it's food, if it's necessities, supplies, or, or whatever it may be, uh, gold and silver and so on, to, to have some kind of a uh, spent, you know, available to trade or do whatever, it, it gives you peace of mind. And I think that's, I think that's, the, that's the key. No doubt. I think you're right about that. A couple other quick stories in the news that I want to give Brian a chance to speak out on. Um, you know, they really deplatformed Donald Trump to a great degree, even when he was president of the United States. And if it can happen to Donald Trump as president, it can literally happen to anybody, Brian, to be deplatformed, to be shut down on some of these social media sites, or to be really shut down on the Internet in a variety of ways. They, they don't always shut you down completely, but they interfere with your accounts. Like for me, they don't shut me down. What they do, though, is they shadow ban me. And what that means is that when I put out a, a tweet or put out a Facebook message, they only let it go to a few people, not to as many people as should, which means that all the retweets and all the real promo, the real genius of the platform spreading the word on something uh, becomes negated by their efforts and stuff like that. Anyway, the reason that I'm bringing this up right now is because it's interesting to see who they're starting to deplatform. And as I told you, if they can deplatform President Donald Trump, they can if they can deplatform the President of the United States, uh, and then him as an individual, a very, very wealthy, wealthy man. Um, they can de-platform just about anybody. And I don't think they should be able to get away with this. There's a lot of people pushing back and suing. But the courts and Congress and everybody else really seem to be backing those um, who are shutting everybody down, not backing free speech in your First Amendment. Anyway, I bring this up because there's a new documentary out. You probably don't know about it. Uh, but they say the headline says deplatformed, and then it's, Created Equal. Now, I don't know if you know what the Created Equal documentary is, but it's a two-hour documentary about the life of Justice Thomas. Justice Clarence Thomas. Now, we'll get back to this because there's a racial component and everything else on this, um, but they've deplatformed this whole movie. So that's the bad news. There is good news, and we'll explain it all to you in seconds with Brian Rust. RustQuinnandGift.com on your radio. I'm Sam Bushman. He's Brian. You're you. Hang tight, back in a flash. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, 
in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Cameron asked me this on the break. He said, Sam, why do you say I'm Sam Bushman? I'm with Brian Rust, RustCoinandGift.com, and you're you. It's just a little joke saying you're you in case you forgot, right? Uh, and uh, the reason I say that it's Sam Bushman and Brian Rust is because I want people at the intro and outro of every segment to know who I'm talking to. If I don't identify, identify a guest, then I'm alone. Uh, if you're listening and you can jump to a, a specific part, people can learn where the breaks are and stuff like that and listen where they want to and everything. Now, anyway, but then if you just hear, you know, hey, I'm Sam Bushman, Brian Rust, uh, and I, you're you, then it's a little joke on the you're you in case you forgot that, right? <laughs> but the rest is to let you know who it. we are in the program and who's with me and what's going on at an instant. Right. And so I always kind of recap and redefine that because people jump in at certain times based on their life schedule and stuff. They might not know who's with Sam today. Oh, Brian Rust. Uh, who's, you know, so it's really an identifying way, especially when you listen back to the archives. It's a way to give you a quick way so you don't have to listen. What I hear is these talk show hosts, and I, I know that some of them have been around for a long time, but I don't think they're very professional. I mean, I'll sit there and listen for 15 minutes, and I'm like, who the heck are they talking to for crying out loud? Who is this guest? Who is, I kind of like them. Or, man, this person's boring as crap. i got to get rid of this. Who is this? And, and they don't let you know. Well, I'm different. We do let you know because that's who we are. And we want you to be able to use time markers to productively listen to your heart's content at your fingertips, at your convenience. And it's just our attempt to help do that. We also kind of throw in a joke or two on the way. For example, I might say, I'm here and you're there. Michael Reagan used to say that a lot. I'm here and you're there. And it's like, Oh, good point. Really, I guess you're because if you weren't there, you would be here. And if I wasn't here, I'd be there. Right. But I'm here and you're there. And that's the truth. And so there you go. It's just kind of a fun digression. But it kind of answers Cameron's questions. It gives people a little bit of an idea. We mix a little bit of fun and frivolity. Is that how it is? All right. With um, the truth and where we are and what we're doing on the broadcast. So deep platformed created equal. It's the two hour documentary about Clarence Thomas. It's the two-hour documentary about the life of Clarence Thomas. You see, the problem is the created equal documentary and Clarence Thomas don't fit the radical left's narrative about black people is the problem. You see, he grew up in the segregated South, ladies and gentlemen, and as a black person, I don't know how he got there for holding him back because we're all racist. It took him to the highest office in the land, at least one of them, right? And so they don't want this documentary kind of coming out. So it got deplatformed. Um, and I guess then Amazon deplatformed Created Equal. 
but their loss is now your gain because the Daily Wire is now streaming the Clarence Thomas documentary. You can get that now, Brian. But they got deplatformed. Why would they deplatform Clarence Thomas of all people? Well, like you just said, I mean, he made it to the top of, of uh, uh, you know, the highest order, of, you know, and, and, and from his story. But, we, I mean, people want to hear his story, and for them to not see that. Of course they it, do, for it, good it, reason. Yes, and, you know, and it defuncts their platform or, or doesn't give credibility to some of their things and ideas and so it's awesome, but boy, they they sure jump in there, don't they? At times, and, yeah, it's, well, it's fascinating to me. Why would they, they do this? What what right. better story to 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 jettison racism, to unite America, right. to let people know the American dream is still alive? Look at Clarence Thomas. Uh, you got Ben Carson, a similar story. Maybe the, their lives aren't that similar. One's a surgeon, one's a Supreme Court justice. I get it, but both of them came from I don't want to say rags to riches, but they both came from a very uh, difficult start in life, uh, very complicated uh, racial reality, uh, and both of them has, have conquered and prevailed. And I mean, their stories, in my opinion, are riveting. Their stories are inspiring. Their stories are encouraging. They let you know that America is live and well. You know, how do you propose to promote this, you know, critical race theory that all whites are racist and everybody else is a victim? And then you look at uh, Ben Carson, Clarence Thomas, and you go, oh, Maybe not so much, right? Um, what on earth is going on? And then they say, I'm the racist, but I'm the guy saying we can unite over this, tell the American dream, the American story, celebrate these successful people, and best of all, maybe we can learn how they did it and help others to do the same, Brian. Wouldn't that be the incredible American yeah. dream? And see, this is all coming from a Absolutely. racist like me. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. It, you know, absolutely. I mean, you, you've hit it right on the nail, and that and that's – that's what the people want to hear. They want to see. They want to be able to make their own decision and not them, uh, you know, tell them what they're going to hear and what they're going to see. I, you know, I, there was a there's a a book out. And I can't remember what it was, but it was talking about big tech and big government becoming big brothers. And now that you know this these corporate elitists basically have their tentacles spread worldwide, keeping America under surveillance. So if you do this, oh, we're pulling that. But we're going to do this over here because that's what we want. Or I mean, it's it's crazy. It's it's absolutely crazy. So, yeah, let, let's see this. Let us make an opinion about it, our own opinion, and not just them telling us what we can and cannot see or hear or talk or say. Or It's, it's terrible. Well, and what I don't get is who in their mind would be against these, a story like this. It's just one man's life story, a man that is, and this is kind of the Trump story, too, a little bit, and the Ben Carson story, two black guys and a white guy I highlight with this, but all three of them are so famous. Their stories are so unique and riveting. They've conquered tremendous odds in their lives, and you go, why wouldn't you celebrate the Ben Carson story? I mean, when you read the book about Ben and, and learn about Ben, it's amazing. And when you look at Clarence Thomas, it's amazing, too. Now, I know that Anita Hill and others back in the sexual scandal days, you know, whatever. But all I'm telling you is this guy has been a rock star conservative. Why wouldn't they be willing to celebrate his story? And there's only one answer. They're the real racists. They're the real yeah. ones that want to divide and destroy America. It's so clear. Yeah. I don't know how you can see it even uh, more clear than it is. I'm advocating so that you'd be able to watch this thing. I'm a white guy. He's black. I just find his story incredible. I find uh, we, the American people, the American dream is still alive, and I'm grateful that Clarence is able to, to really work hard and get where he's got or you know, become who he is. And why can't we just all celebrate this stuff? I just It makes me mad, Brian. 
It makes me mad. Yeah. Because they're really, in my opinion, hiding the American dream from those who may not be quite aware or as astute. You know? I I don't understand it. Well, yeah, I mean, and and these stories, these stories will give hope to the the younger generation that might look at them as, as, wow, look what they've accomplished. And and if I if I get in there and work hard and and, uh, you know, and 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 climb that scale as far as education and do my part and so on. Look, I can I can have a story myself, right? I mean, isn't that what we're we're you know? It's a good example to you know to maybe others that can climb out of where they're at and and accomplish these things. Perhaps you know those that are you know minorities per se in that. So I think this would be a great a great thing. Absolutely. All right, thanks for the Daily Wire. You can stream the documentary about Clarence Thomas. No thanks to Amazon. And ladies and gentlemen, this is kind of where we need to start putting our money where our mouth is. This is where we kind of need to start to vote with our dollars and say, you know what, I'm just not going to buy a bunch of stuff from Amazon if they're going to be doing these things. You know, shame on them for this. I mean, come on. Anyway, all right. Um, There's a big battle about, you know, the nap. Go ahead. Well, we could have a force for good if we did that, right? Couldn't we, you know, Amen. more and more and more and more, we could really have a force for good. That's what we would pray for and hope for, Brian. I'll tell you that right now. And that really shows you who's who. Uh, we thought we'd bring that to your attention. Now, the other big battle right now is the national anthem, as you know. And, uh, yes, of course, it's ungrateful to turn your back on the national anthem, in my humble opinion. But... Here's the problem. GOP lawmakers, Brian, uh, and veterans are calling from this Gwen Berry athlete to lose Olympic spot uh, over her anthem protest. So I guess she basically turned her back to it or whatever else and stuff like that. And um, my problem, Brian, is I'm not for turning my back on the flag. I'm not for jettisoning the national anthem or putting shame uh, over these things. I'm not for those things. But when they want to, by force, by law, destroy people's lives, uh, she has every right to her opinion, just like everybody else. I don't agree with her opinion, but I defend her right to have her opinion and defend her right to do what she wants and stuff like that. Uh, My problem is this force thing. We're going to ruin your career, ruin your life, destroy you because you take a different tact. Now, sadly, Americans are not very wise. They want to do that to the other guy. But when it's their turn, they're like, hey, this ain't fair. Kind of a discussion. So I'm not really a, a fan of this Barry lady and what she did at all, but I will defend her right to do that if she wants to, and I don't think we should ruin her life. I think it's ungrateful to do so, but Gwen Berry, I'm not here to attack her. She's entitled to her view, and what I think we do almost is make her point when we shut everybody down and act like tyrants about it. Why don't we just go, you know what, Gwen, we love you. We're so sorry you're so confused on this matter. Maybe you'll come to your senses. It's because of everybody's sacrifice that you can do that and be free to do that. Why don't we pick the moral high ground here, Brian? Come on. That's right. I agree. I think, you you know, we do. We pick the, the moral high ground and, and uh, try to bless her life as opposed to uh, blessing the rest of our lives and so on. So she's, she's a, you know, God's children right there, right? God's children. Why don't we bless God's children? So I Yeah, agree. and I think she's foolish for doing this, but I think we could basically bring it up and just say we think you're foolish and ignorant for this. Um, and we're disappointed, but you know what? We're not going to shut you down. We're going to defend your right to behave as you choose, but we're also going to let you know we don't really think it's great. And if advertisers, you want to use their you know, freedom to not support her, and if 
I mean, you know, people can choose as they will. I'm, I'm just a little bit fearful when we destroy somebody's whole career, destroy their life, or go against them so harshly that where is the balance to say, I don't agree with you, but I'll support your right to say it or believe it or think it or whatever. Um, you know, and we have these almost litmus tests in society right now. The litmus test is if you, um, you know, reject the flag of the national anthem, you're an enemy. If you believe in the white race, you're an enemy. See, I don't agree with those narratives. Look, Gwen might be a very nice person, even though she's confused as I'll get out on this. But I think we ought to show that she's wrong by our leadership and example. You're wrong, but you know what? We'll defend your right to be wrong, Gwen. Yeah. I, anyway. No, I, 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 I agree with you. I think that's exactly right. I, you know, I have, I have uh, a number of military guys that come into my store, and they'll come in and hang out for a couple hours and talk and tell stories and meet other military guys and so on. It's great. And it's kind of like their story. I mean, when they stand up and say, well, this is why I, I, I hold this country uh, to this level and, and the flag and all that, because this is, you know, this is my story. I, you know, I carry people up the hill who were injured and been shot and, you know, missing, uh, you know, body parts. And, and I mean, so they had a story to tell. So it's just like, it's just like allowing them to tell their story. She wants to tell her story. And I don't know what, you know, where she comes from or her background, but yeah, she should have a right at least to, to, uh, you know, have that opinion. Well, and I know people that want to hang the flag upside down because they believe we're a nation in distress. And, I, you know, I have a hard time disagreeing with their point, although I'm not the guy to hang the flag upside down necessarily either. There's people that want to burn the flag. I'm not a flag-burning guy. I think it's foolish to do, but I don't want to stop somebody burning the flag and create all kinds of prosecutorial, um, you know, where's the victim in that? Okay? To me, I don't yeah. believe in victimless yeah. crimes. And so... We need to be very careful with this, Brian. The, the whole supreme law of the land is at stake, my friend. There you go. I Brian, agree. thank Let's you so much, sir. I appreciate you, man. Brian Russ, hey, RussQuinnagift.com. Godspeed. Thank you, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, hour one in the can, hour two coming up. By the way, I'm me and you're you just for fun. Want to make sure you were aware of that. And uh, LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. We the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore America, but you got to help. Donate liberally today, would you please? We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman back with you live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt continues now. This is the broadcast for July number one, July 1st. In the year of our Lord, 2021, this is our two of two and our goal always to protect life liberty and property and to promote god family and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers ladies and gentlemen there's so much to discuss it's just shocking brian Russ did a phenomenal job i guess donald trump was on a fox news feed he was supposed to be talking about the border and he was 
But then Fox News just cut off its live coverage of Donald Trump, just shut off the mic on him. Yeah, they cut off his remarks at the nation's southern border yesterday after he began discussing his allegations of fraud in the 2020 elections. Despite, quote, heavy promotion of the event, the network abruptly returned to studio coverage after Donald Trump claimed he had won the 2020 presidential election. We had an election where we did much better than we did the first time. And amazingly, we lost, the former president said during his remarks. Wow. I just want to thank the people of Texas because we won in a landslide. It was not even close, Trump added. We got 12 million more votes than we got the first time, he continued. And... uh it's kind of interesting. The former president's audio was cut off by Fox News shortly after those comments. And then they continued coverage for the New York studios. What a shame, huh? <laughs> I don't really know how to relate to this, but Raw Story captured the Fox News coverage change and posted it to YouTube. Now YouTube will shut down Raw Story, right? Yeah. Anyway, very interesting. Um, I guess they posted a video about this ahead of, of Trump's... Uh, oh, what do you want to call it? I guess they're going to be streaming it live. They were on Facebook and everything else, even though Trump has been deplatformed because it would be under the news channel, not under Trump's channel. Uh, and then this all became just a big old fiasco. What do you think of all that, ladies and gentlemen? Securing the border is not just important to Texas. It's vital to America. That's why Trump is at the border. Yeah. Fox promoted it thus. Tomorrow, President Trump will join me and law enforcement officials for a border security briefing. Yeah, anyway. There you have it. I guess it was also promoted to the to the Greg Abbott Texas Governor Facebook page, and the Facebook live stream was considered somewhat controversial because they banned Trump, and um, of course they had a two year ban on Trump's account, keeping him off of Facebook and Instagram until twenty twenty three. Uh, hopefully we'll build enough media stuff by then and not even need their goofy platforms. Trump also published an op-ed on Wednesday blaming Joe Biden for the humanitarian catastrophe because of his immigration policies and the problems and crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border. When I was president, Trump said I delivered on my promise to build a border wall to protect our country. All Joe Biden had to do was paint it, Trump said in his Washington Times article, which was headlined, I built the wall, Biden built a humanitarian catastrophe. Instead, Biden has enacted the most radical open borders agenda imaginable. Uh, anyway, there's the big uh, details on it. Now, I don't quite agree with Trump. He didn't build the wall all the way, and all we got to do is paint it. That's not really true. 
Trump talks out of turn from time to time, talks off the cuff, speaks out of turn, kind of makes some holistic comments that aren't really true uh, in their totality or real. But it is true that he had a Biden, or, I'm sorry, he had a 180 degree different foreign policy and border policy than Biden has. That is true. Uh, and the big battle's on about it. And we're starting to see the repercussions of border crisis. I mean, you have all kinds of states now being involved in saying if the federal government won't do anything, we're going to have to do it ourselves. So you can't blame the states for this. Um, but anyway, kind of interesting, though, Fox is ready to promote the border problem with Donald. Then Donald goes off and says the election was a fraud. And then they literally freak out, shut him down. What is all this shutting down of Clarence Thomas? Shutting down of, of you know, Donald Trump. Shutting down of this person and that person. It is very, very uh unhealthy and anti-american to just start shutting people down like this i mean it's just unacceptable behavior in my opinion it's just like what on earth is going on here folks i mean what are what are we going to do about this kind of stuff anyway it's, it's it's true disaster for sure i'll tell you that right now now on another note I guess there's a big old battle going on between Shaquille O'Neal. I don't know if you saw this. Big old Shaq battle with LeBron James. I don't know if you saw this battle. But LeBron has been whining about racial issues forever, right? Literally kind of melting down, acting like it's everybody else's fault and this and that. And Shaquille basically is like, hey, you know what, LeBron? What are you whining about? You've literally make, what, $200 million a year or something crazy, and you've got people that flat out don't even have jobs. They're unemployed right now. Um, and I think this is very interesting because I believe Shaq's right on this. Shaq is just going, what the heck are you talking about, man? Shaq slam Shaq, wow, let me start over. Shaq slams LeBron NBA whining. You're making two hundred million dollars and forty million people have been laid off. Yeah. There you have that. Think about that for a minute. Shaq slams LeBron. NBA battles. These rich guys. Now, as far as I understand, both these gentlemen are black, right? And uh, one of them sees it right, in my opinion, which is, shame on you. You're telling me the black man's been kept down by the whites? How is that true for you, LeBron? And Shaq wisely points this out. I'm normally not a big old Shaq fan, but I'm telling you right now, on this, he's spot on. He's going, you know what? Shame on you. You're making a $200 million. The, the whites certainly haven't held you down, LeBron. And now you're complaining and whining and moaning and everything else. But yeah, there's 40 million Americans that are flat out struggling for work now. I mean, shame on you. And, and I think this is a, a real issue. I'm not really here to try to attack LeBron. But I am here to attack the racism that uh, that I'm not. Um, I am here to attack the whining and the misrepresentation that everything is racially driven is. LeBron is trying to make you believe. In this case, I got to back Shaq. And I got to say, you know what? He's right. Quit your whining. There's people that are really, really, really suffering out there. And it's not fair to just complain about how unfair this country is. 
Now, how many black people have we just mentioned on the air that are doing well? You got Ben Carson. You got Clarence Thomas. You got Shaquille O'Neal. You got LeBron James. I mean, those are four black people that haven't been held down at all by this country. In fact, they've made it to the top of their respective realms, right? How does that happen in a hardcore racist country, in a white privileged scenario where everybody's, okay, it doesn't. That's the lie, okay? Now, there was a video where in government school they were teaching critical race theory, and a father found out what his daughters and his children were being taught, and he freaked and he went in there and he ripped on the school board. There's a video of this, by the way. He ripped on the school board. He's a black guy. And he went, how did I get where I got if everybody's racist and shutting me down and holding me back and keeping the black man down? How did I get where I got? And he, and he lays out this incredible, cogent, very articulate, um, I don't know if you call it a rant. <laughs> I mean, it's almost a documentary because he talks about his life and who he is. And, man, he hasn't been held back at all. So you put all these people together and you go, wow, the narrative sure is different between the LeBron Jameses of the world and the Shaquille O'Neal's of the world. It's sure different narrative between those complaining about Clarence Thomas. you got to shut his documentary down. What about Bill Cosby? Isn't he a black dude? He just got released. Was there justice for that black man? To some degree. I think he was wronged, and, and I mentioned this last hour. But I look at all these different people, and every one of them has had a great, prosperous life in America, more so than they would have received in any other country. I can promise you that one. Anyway, I just find it very interesting, the narrative that we hear these days. And I go off on this. You know what? Um, if any of you want to chime in on some of these topics we've been discussing over the last hour and a half, uh, we've got a little bit left of the program. We'd love to hear from you. 208-216-6100 is the number you can dial. That's 208-216-6100. And Cameron will watch for your calls and let me know you're there, and we can we can talk about some of these real issues. But, man, pa Cosby released from prison. Clarence Thomas, you can't even see a documentary about him if uh, Amazon has their say. LeBron James and Shaquille O'Neal in a battle. <laughs> Donald Trump and Clarence Thomas and everybody else getting shut down everywhere. What do you say, ladies and gentlemen? 208-216-6100. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. 
The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things, and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So Fox News cut off its live coverage of former President Donald Trump. He's at the southern border. They were all happy to cover that. But when he started talking about vote fraud in the 2020 elections, they just flat out cut his mic. Trump, quote, we better get our elections straightened out because we're going to have a runaway country if you don't. You're going to have a banana republic. You're going to have a third world country here pretty soon because our elections are a mess, said Trump. I think he's right. All right. Governor Brian Kemp's in the news. He's what, Georgia governor? Yeah, Georgia governor Brian Kemp. Biden is now weaponizing the Department of Justice. Now, let me kind of drill into this with you, ladies and gentlemen. These are serious allegations. When you have the president of the United States, former President Trump, literally shut down by networks and news outlets and social media sites by the boatload, by the dozens. And then you literally have them shutting down the Clarence Thomas documentary just about his life. And it's, it's political, I guess, because he's a Supreme Court justice. But I fail to really how, see how Created Equal, the documentary, is really a political discussion. It's about the life of Justice Thomas, okay? But Created Equal is an interesting, blessed phrase. That's why the film's named that. Uh, anyway, so you got Trump being shut down. you got Clarence Thomas being shut down and manipulated. Now Fox News cutting off the live coverage. Trump talking about the elections. Shaq slams LeBron's NBA whining. Governor Brian Kemp now saying the Justice Department is being weaponized by Joe Biden. Now, these are serious allegations because the Justice Department is unconstitutional anyway, right? Uh, I don't know how to respond to all that. But all I'm telling you is when you have governors making allegations like that, I don't really remember in my growing up years, ladies and gentlemen, I really don't remember um, such allegations of, of criminal activity. I mean, if the Justice Department is really being weaponized by the President of the United States, 
I mean, Biden swore to uphold the Constitution when he was sworn in and weaponizing the Justice Department, weaponizing the IRS, weaponizing the Food and Drug Administration, weaponizing these agencies as literally criminal activity to the highest order. Are we going to let this stuff stand or what? Are we going to tolerate this? Are we going to let this be the order of the day in America? It's one thing to say there's criminal activity by rogue agents in government, right? Hey, you know, the Justice Department or the FBI or the CIA or the Homeland Security or the, you know, whatever, the NSA. Hey, there's some bad apples there. We've got to stop them. It's one thing to make claims like that. But it's a whole nother thing to say the President of the United States uh, in the executive branch is literally weaponizing an unconstitutional government agency like the Justice Department against the people. That's a serious, serious allegation. And I'm going to make this statement. If Brian Kemp is right, then we need to shut down the Justice Department and, and prosecute Biden to the fullest extent of the law. However, if Brian Kemp is wrong with such allegations, then we need to literally arrest Brian and recall him as governor. What I, what I mean is you just can't let these kind of allegations just go like, oh, they're entitled to their opinion. No, no, no. When you say that a government agency is being weaponized in America, and especially of all departments we're talking about, the Department of Justice to be weaponized? Now, folks, I always wondered where the Department of Mercy was in government to go along with justice. You know, the great atonement of Jesus Christ is based on justice and mercy, right? So I'm kind of wondering where's the Department of Mercy in the government rather than just the Department of Prosecutorial Justice, right? Uh, anyway, there you have it. Now, this is also an interesting story. Um, I guess Donald Trump was supposed to have a rally. And I guess the rally didn't go so well because they decided to just flat out cancel the rally when they found out who the speaker was so they found out the speaker was donald trump and they just shut down the rally <laughs> i kid you not and it was supposed to be a rally in a park and what they started to try to claim was well <laughs> we're not gonna have the rally in the park because of donald trump speaking but Officials cancel the rally when the planners identify the speaker as Donald Trump. They say that's not allowed in the park, even though it is. They are. It has been in the past. It's hard to know how to respond to some of these headlines, isn't it? I mean, they're so shocking. Can you really just, if you find out the speaker's tunnel, just shut it down? They say partisan events are not allowed in the park. Uh, this is where, again, parties are just a disaster for the American people. Parties, as the Founding Fathers said, should be flat out, flat out jettisoned, right? I mean, I just don't really understand, except for 
They're all admitting that it's because they hate Trump so badly that whatever it takes to shut Trump down, they will do. Is that really where we are in America? And then my question to you, is it really about Trump? Or is it about canceling the rally for you and I? If they're weaponizing the Department of Justice, and if they're shutting everybody down, canceling rallies and everything else, if they're literally looking at Americans as the domestic threat, conservatives like you and me, what is the next step? Where does the next end game go with this thing? And it's a real serious question, isn't it? Where on earth do we go with that kind of discussion um, in America? Right? Where do we go from there? It's a fair question indeed. And it really comes down to what are Americans going to do? What are the American people going to do with their time, their money? Are we going to back groups like the Western Journal, like WND.com, like Liberty Roundtable, like the Daily Wire? Or are we just going to promote the mainstream as we've always done? All right. Anyway, Biden embarrasses himself. Triple gaffes trying to say oceanic. The bottom line is President Biden is making mistakes everywhere he goes to the point where even the Democrats are now questioning his stability. All right. Now, this is an interesting headline that I just found. Check this out. Ready? Ah, shoot. Headline says... Um, person who fled a communist nation now speaks out saying you're saying that domestic white supremacy is worse of a threat than communism anyway slams those who make that kind of a claim i think wisely so too I mean, how do you even claim it's even close to as bad right very interesting how we go about this stuff right Communism survivor slams Democratic leaders who claim white nationalism more dangerous than communism. Not even close. Communism survivor speaking out, saying this the idea that white supremacy is more dangerous than communism is your mind. Joe Saunders with the Western Journal wrote this piece. But I find this very interesting, too. It was the voice of experience that every American needs to hear. Obviously tired of hearing Democrats equate the documented dangers of communist dictatorship, the boogeyman compared to that white nationalism, which barely even exists. Yeah. They call it historic realities, which leftists prefer to ignore. And when now this person how do you say the name i gotta work on my asian pronunciations right quang guying speaks everybody should be listening i'll tell you about it more in seconds hang tight proclaiming liberty across the land you're listening to liberty news radio
USA Radio News with Lance Pride. House Democrats Thursday approved a $715 billion partisan infrastructure bill. The significant difference between the chambers is that the Senate bill has provisions to help cover the cost of their framework. The House is leaving out those details for another time. China's rise is a historical inevitability, and it will no longer be bullied, oppressed, or subjugated by foreign countries. Its leader Xi said Thursday during an event commemorating the 100th anniversary of the Chinese Communist Party. Xi said foreign countries that bully China will meet a great wall of steel, end quote. Oregon Governor Kate Brown invoked the Emergency Conflagration Act on Wednesday, allowing the state fire marshal to contribute firefighters and other resources to combat a fire that has grown to 10,000 acres. The fire broke out near Defer, Oregon, Tuesday evening. Defer is just over 100 miles east of Portland. USA Radio News. Hi, this is Wayne Alaroot from my great friends at Freedom Fest. Have you ever been to Mount Rushmore in South Dakota? Well, here's your opportunity. This July 21st through 24th, thousands of liberty lovers are headed to South Dakota for the greatest libertarian show on earth, Freedom Fest. This time held at the Rushmore Civic Center in Rapid City, South Dakota, with a record-setting crowd. Here's your chance to make new friends and meet the country's top political and business leaders, authors, and filmmakers in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Some of the star speakers this year, South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem, Dr. Drew, Larry Elder, U.S. Senator Mike Lee, U.S. Senator Cynthia Loomis, the CEO of Whole Foods, John Mackey, Steve Moore, John Fun, Grover Norquist, Tom Woods, and the infamous pandemic mock trial. Go to FreedomFest.com. Use promo code WAR50 to get $50 off the registration fee. That's FreedomFest.com with promo code WAR50. Fly there, drive there, bike there, RV there, be there. Freedom Fest in South Dakota. Get your tickets now at FreedomFest.com. As America is unsure how President Biden's open border policy will play out, some states are not waiting for the fallout. Dan Rocky explains. South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem is dispatching 50 members of her state's National Guard to the southern border to help deal with the illegal immigration crisis. The president of the Border Patrol Union says they always welcome any Guard personnel that come to the border. Brandon Judd tells Fox News how Guard troops can can help Border Patrol agents in their mission. Well, they serve as our eyes. Oftentimes, we're, uh, Border Patrol agents are stuck in fixed locations where they're watching cameras or they're on scope trucks. And when we're in those locations, we can't actually be out apprehending people. So the National Guard comes in and they serve as our eyes. Um, they report directly to the Border Patrol. They radio in any traffic that they see. And then we're able to direct our agents to those locations where the illegal activity is taking place. And it's extremely effective. It allows us to put more of our manpower in the field. So we always welcome as many National Guardsmen as we can possibly get. USA Radio News. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Headline, CDC, that's the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, says the cruises... The cruise industry could restart in July. Do you think it's going to happen? July 1, baby. We acknowledge that cruising will never be a zero-risk activity and that the goal is to have a phased approach to resuming passenger operations in a way that mitigates the risk. I guess head of the maritime unit of the CDC kind of speaks out and saying. So I think that's good news, right? They want to have the cruises happen. But the question becomes, what will happen? Everybody's got to deal with the CDC's specialty 
or special sailing orders or whatever you want to say. And what does it mean? Will it show positive progression? They're hopeful that the CDC's latest guidance will allow for cruising. Now, the CDC provided five clarifications to its original feedback to uh, allow resumption of sailing is what they call it. They say if 98% of the crew and 95% of the passengers are fully vaccinated, then you can maintain cruise normalcy. Yeah. What do you think of all that, folks? A lot of government control there, huh? Are you comfortable with it? I'm certainly not. They're saying that they feel like, hey, we can get back to cruising. Do you believe they can? Can they get back to cruising? Question is, Cameron, would you take a cruise right now? Cameron would absolutely go on a cruise right now. He's ready to go, man. But I personally would not go on a cruise right now. <laughs> not because I'm worried about the cocoa vaccination or worried about the cocoa spreading or any of those kind of things. The reason that I would not go on a cruise right now is because I don't trust governments. And if you're not very careful, you'll get on a cruise ship and the government will lock the ship down and make you stay there. So I don't have any fear of the COVID vaccine or the COVID virus. But I do have a fear of my government getting crazy and belligerent, locking me down and ruining my life, getting me stuck on a cruise ship in very unsavory conditions. Those cruise ships are great, folks, when everything is operating properly, when they're getting constant deliveries of food and, and beverage and, and everybody can run around and clean things and all is going well. But you start to take out the stability um, and the, I don't know what you call it, but just in time, uh, inventory of everything for some of these cruise lines and all that kind of stuff, you're getting into a situation where uh, it does it becomes not pretty quickly. Before you know it, there's people sick on deck or sick different places. Then it gets hard to clean up, and then you can't get you know deliveries of products and food, and you run out of TP quickly, or you run out of food or this and that. Or um, all I'm telling you is the cruise ships are just incredible when they're up and running functionally, functioning perfectly. When they're not though, it, it goes off the rails real fast indeed man and i sure don't want to get stuck on a cruise ship so i wouldn't go cruising like i say not because i'm afraid of the cruise but because i'm a little bit more afraid of how governments are going to respond to me on a cruise you know what do you think of that but the uh restrictions on cruising um i guess there's been all kinds of lawsuits florida is suing the CDC. Alaska has now joined that lawsuit against the CDC over this very cruising discussion. So will they get cranked up? Will cruises be inexpensive and fun like they used to be? Sadly, what it reminds me of is the airline industry. You know, back in the day when I was a kid, the airline industry was fun. It's like, you know what, join the friendly skies is what they called it, you know. And when I was a teenager and stuff like that, or, you know, in my 20s, um, Southwest Airlines, they were the fun airline, man. You get on the airline and they'd tell you jokes, they'd be fun, and everybody was feeling happy, and they give you great snacks on the planes and great drinks, and 
you know, you can get two or three different drinks. And everybody was happy, no problem at all. And now it's just not the same. Now it's like a tyranny, tyranny fest. Have you noticed that? It's kind of like a tyranny fest, huh? It's just like, what the heck's going on here? At some of these uh, uh, airports and airlines, it's just bad. Really bad indeed, right? What do we do about it? Well, anyway, there are some states trying to sue and trying to straighten it out, and I say good for them for doing it, good for Kemp, and I'm sorry, good for Governor uh, Ron DeSantis and others, Alaska. They depend so much on the cruise lines, Florida and Alaska do, to where it's like, man, it is a huge hit to their economy, to their environment. Um, because it's not just the boats that go and the revenue that the boats, uh, the cruise lines and the ships receive. It's all the revenue of flying in and out of airports, all the revenue of getting hotels before and after the event, Hey, let's dovetail this cruise with a Disney World trip in Florida or whatever. Um, so, you know, there's a big, big, big revenue hit. And that's why some of these state governors are so interested in suing the government going, you got to stop this. We can't just be shut down forever. You can't just literally obliterate our economy. It doesn't work that way. So the cruise industry to begin in July, will it really? I don't know. Because it looks so different that it concerns me. You know, should we support cruise lines if they lock down and say you got to have a vaccination? What do you think, Cameron? Should we shut down um, everybody who won't get a vaccine and say everybody can cruise that's vaccinated? Uh, people who are not cruise or vaccinated cannot cruise at all. That's where they want to go with this thing. Cameron thinks that it's up to God and he doesn't mind going on a cruise. He's just going to trust God. Put it in God's hands, and he's okay if people aren't vaccinated. So am I. So is the governor of, of Florida. He's saying, look, you can't mandate this stuff. But I, I don't see others doing that. I see it becoming a very, very big battlefront for people to kind of have to work through and think about, and, you know. But I do. I remember the friendly skies days, uh, and it used to be the friendly waters. You know what? Come and eat. Reminds me when I went on a cruise, I sat down, and they had just four or five good entrees. I just couldn't decide which one I wanted. And I looked at the guy, and I'm like, I just don't know which one I want. What should I get? And he's like, why don't you get them both? <laughs> You're on a cruise. You know, it's endless food. You can get just get both of them. If you don't want to eat it all, don't. Just eat, you know, get your uh, two different entrees or three entrees or whatever you want and two or three desserts. And you know, If you try it and you love it, eat it. If you don't and you get too full, then so what? A very interesting concept for me because I'm not used to throwing food or anything like that away. Um, but it was very interesting. And so the, the cruise lines are a whole lot of fun. And. I hope they open back up, but I don't have a lot of confidence. What I think they're going to do is open it up for the vaxxed. The rest of us, you know what? They're going to say, tough crap. Can't go. So I'm just not comfortable with all that, folks. I'm really not. Because where's the agency in that? Where's the freedom to choose in that, right? Very serious, serious concerns in my opinion. You know, I don't, I don't really know how to respond to all that stuff. Except to say that our prayers are that we can stand up tall enough. I mean, I appreciate Governor Ron DeSantis standing up. I appreciate the Alaskan governor jumping on the lawsuit. I appreciate But we've got to really speak out boldly. If you believe in vaccines, fine. But don't force the rest of us. 
And it also brings up a question, what's going to happen to guys like me that won't get vaccinated? All right, am I just shut down from society entirely? I'll never be able to, uh, you know, go to a movie, never be able to go to a play or a musical, never be able to go on a cruise or to Disneyland or, you know, because they're going to lock down. I got plans to go to Disney World towards the end of the year. Are they going to allow me to go or are they going to say, uh-uh, no, 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 no. I guess you're not vaccinated. We've given you plenty of time to get the cocoa vac, Sam. And uh, tough beans, you're not going. Then I'll be really mad. I already have my flights and my hotels and my tickets and everything. But you got to really ask yourself, what are they going to do in America? What will the landscape look like in six months or a year? Or even, for that matter, two years, five years. It goes on and on, right? All right, ladies and gentlemen, they say work-life balance may be changing. More flexible schedules might become the norm in post-pandemic world. What do you think of that? That's what they're really working on changing. Some are now saying, hey, four tens is the only way to go. Forget a five-day work week, do four tens. 40-hour week, boom. Others are saying, no, I don't think so. Some are saying it's better to have a 25-hour week. We'll come back and talk about that in a second. Sam Bushman, Liberty Roundtable Live. Recent studies show that parents who smoke in the home are more likely to have children who smoke. Yes, in fact, my brother, he's 22 now, he told me and my father that's why he started smoking. One of the reasons why he started smoking is because my dad was around, you know, and he, he, my dad, they saw my dad smoking. My dad said, okay, I don't want you to smoke. I don't want you to you know, watch what I'm doing. Recent studies also show that in homes where parents don't smoke, their children usually don't smoke either. I am the way I am because my grandparents taught me what not to do. They gave me morals. They gave me belief. They gave me something to believe in. They just taught me well. I love them. <laughs> I do. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Can a nation conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator. As a physician, I have looked into the eyes of one-pound babies. I have cradled their small bodies in the palm of one hand. I defy those who are careless, who would disregard life and look at these tiny little miracles and say, we're not gonna protect that. But I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life.
Wow, sorry for the delay, ladies and gentlemen. I set my microphone down and couldn't find it for a second. You know, when you broadcast on the road, everything's not in front of you like it normally is. And so sorry about some of the little delays and things like that. I'm holding my mic for two hours with my hands. <laughs> and I'm doing the very best I can. Um, it's kind of a very strange circumstance when you're on the road some of the times. Uh, and I basically have been so swamped with life, I haven't been able to get the normal guests that I have on, too, to cover some of the uh, content with me. Um, nevertheless, we're doing the best we can, and we're hanging with you tight. we got all kinds of interesting news. So we talked about the CDC and the cruise industry. Could we start in July? Will it really come back? And who will it come back for are the real questions you got to kind of contemplate there, right? All right, we're talking about a 25-hour work week now. Work life may be changing. More flexible schedules might become the norm in the post-pandemic world, they say. The pandemic, believe it or not, has forced a reassessment of work-life balance for many. And a story in Wired magazine chimes in by making the case for a five-hour workday. Yeah, they say the idea is that the the traditional day, the eight-hour day at the office is typically a waste of time. Yeah, it's filled with wasted time and a more concentrated stretch with, say, no lunch and limited breaks, maybe more what the doctor orders. (laughs) They say it might even be a better idea than four ten or four eight-hour days, they're saying. Why? Research indicates that five hours is about the maximum that people can actually focus on something or stay focused. Yes, some people can push past that. And some days you might be feeling great and get more done than that. But day in and day out, their research shows that your productivity goes so far down after a five-hour concentration. But you know what? The story is looking at the real-world examples. They've studied this, and they find that, you know what, people waste time at the office if it's eight hours. They go on a lunch break. They go on a break. They have to go to the restroom. They have to do this. They have to get up and go walk by somebody's uh, cubicle and talk for 10 minutes. They got to, they got to, they got because your brain can't handle more than five hours of solid focus concentration work. And in the old days, when it wasn't focused on your brain work, just manual labor, you could work all day like that. But now that it's so focused on using your brain every second, critical thinking skills and critical decision-making on the fly and screen time in front of computers, and your body just cannot hold up that long. You can't look at screens and concentrate for eight hours every single day or ten hours. If you work four tens every single day, you just can't do it. So they're basically saying there's a better way. Yeah. They say expect more of the same in the general workplace. People can't really work more than five hours. Uh, Where am I getting this information? Forbes.remote is who's kind of one of the groups adding this up. So they're saying people sharing desks on a rotated schedule, people working five-hour shifts uh, is the way to go. What do you think, Cameron? Can you work solid brain-numbing work for eight hours every day? Really? Cameron thinks he can get it done, buddy. But they say if you want to retain top talent and if you want to, um, you know, provide solid work for your employees, people just cannot handle 
that kind of work. There's talking about hybrid flexible hours. Companies are making modifications. Job sharing, four-day work weeks, five-hour days, all this kind of stuff. It's very interesting. There's a lot of experimentation going on on what's best these days. I kind of like a 25-hour week, man. I think we ought to all just work like 10 hours a week. Yeah. What's that? What's that book about, you know, working hardly at all? What was it? Something eight-hour work week or something like that? Anyway, I'll have to look it up, but it reminds me of that, though. It's just kind of like, wow, how little can we work? How little can we really focus on uh, making a living, but yet, you know, support your family and do well doing it? Right? Anyway, very interesting indeed. Well, there's a lot of turmoil that has come from the COVID lockdowns. And I want to highlight an article that talks about one of them in quite detail. Because this is this is serious, serious business here, folks. So listen up. Steps to reduce stress-related drinking. I don't drink at all, ladies and gentlemen. I never drink. But the pandemic has really changed people's lives and turned a lot of people who used to not be drinkers into big-time drinkers. Many Americans increased their alcohol intake during the pandemic with women and parents of young children being disproportionately affected. For most of her life, for example, they talk about this girl named Andrea Carbone, a 15-year-old, or I'm sorry, wow, a 51-year-old paralegal living in uh, in Florida. She typically wasn't a big drinker. But when the pandemic struck, she worried constantly about her job, her health, the safety of her children, while many people were able to work from home last year, Ms. Carbone was not. She was required to still go into the office. Some mornings, she says, she would cry in her car on her way to the office. Why? Because it looked like on her way to work in downtown Tampa, she said it looked like it was a ghost town. And is her panic and her concern and her stress levels soared. So did her alcohol intake. She says before the pandemic, she might have had a glass of wine once in a while with dinner. But by May, her intake of alcohol had increased substantially. Yeah, instead of having one drink of wine, Glass of wine before she got home, or right when she got home, glass of wine with dinner, another glass of wine when she sat down to watch TV. Before you know it, she was down in a whole bottle of wine every night. Wow. Yeah. They say she's far from alone. The widespread fear, frustration, panic of the COVID is taking a serious toll on people, and drinking is going up like you would not believe. And sadly, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the alcohol is only part of the problem from a physical health point of view, right? The bigger problem is some of these children are in vulnerable situations with people that are drinking so much. What happens is abuse goes up, sexual, physical, emotional. People are in denial about denial about their alcohol intake. People are defensive. People are, we've really created another crisis. And uh, it's an alcohol 
crisis. It's a serious problem. Think about that. What, what do we do about this, folks? You can just blame it on the person drinking. You go, oh, well, they're just an alky, whatever. You got to learn to control yourself. You can say that kind of stuff. And to some degree, it may be true. Hey, you got to get a handle on it. At the same time, how much do you blame people when they're just panicked out of their minds, when they're going to ghost town offices, when they're literally struggling with their children home all day long, and you know, people are so out of their element, what do they do? Now, I'm not defending drinking alcohol. I'm just trying to get people to understand it is a very complicated situation. It's very easy to, for the outside, look at it and be very critical. It's very hard to be in the middle of some of these situations uh, and for people to cope and to deal with these things. And the reason I bring this up is because we need to really, really watch people around us and be concerned for them and find ways to decrease their exposure to some of the negative elements, whether it be alcohol or drugs or anything else. Uh, and increase our exposure to God and to worship and to friends and family and loved ones and things that can uh, build your life and stabilize your life and protect you, right? Serious stuff. Steps to reduce stress-related drinking. Makes you wonder where we go with this. What are we going to be able to do? What are we going to be able to do about this for people? Believe it or not, uh, hospitals are struggling with this. One in four adults report drinking more this past year to deal with the stress. Yeah, women have just proportionally left the labor force. And now these women are suffering. They say there's a 41% increase of women drinking more than they should. It's turning into disruptions in sleep, disruptions in being able to care for children, etc. Hospitals around the country now have reported an increase for hepatitis, cirrhosis, liver damage, and other forms of alcohol-related diseases are on the rise. Almost no group has been spared, they claim. There's a group called Driftwood Recovery, an addiction to mental health organization says parents are drinking heavily because they're dealing with their children, their jobs, and their work roles and parenting roles have no space. There's overlap to the point where, well, people are turning to excessive drinking. Some lost their jobs. Some were forced to shutter their businesses. People's daily structures have been torn apart. People have no purpose. They're aimless. Sometimes college students feel socially disconnected as they're forced home to do their collegiate work at home now and not interact with others at all. They're drinking. People are drinking because they're depressed because they can't hug their grandchildren. Wow. One guy sheltered at home watched his stock market investments go south, and he just started to increase the drinking as the finances went worse. He said, I almost want to die. It's too much fear, too much boredom. Those are the two emotions. So I drank and drank and drank, he said. They say many people, though, on the good news side of the discussion, have found novel ways to 
rain in. They're drinking. One group, one guy went to a group called Moderation Management. It's an online group to help people kind of manage um, eating and whatever else it is. It's an online community to cut back on your drinking. People are looking for tips and advice to reduce their drinking. This one guy said, I can get more things done. I sleep better. I behave better now that I'm not drinking at all. There's apps called Cutback Coach. It's a um, app to help people cut back on their drinking, etc. The app tracks the daily intake of alcohol and helps people regulate their usage. They, uh, in the app, they talk about all the calories you avoid and how much money you save. Anyway, there you have it. Very, very scary stuff. Beware, my fellow Americans. Don't let them destroy your life. All right, that's a wrap. Live radio, on-demand radio at your fingertips, lovingliberty.net. Download the iPhone app and the Android app. And uh, donate liberally today. Keep an eye on all the incredible talk show hosts around the clock, syndicated by lovingliberty.net. Spread the word, will you please? God save the Republic of the United States of America. <laughs>